Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. The title of my message here this morning is a comedy verse tragedy. Comedy versus tragedy. I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, it's actually really interesting. Comedy and tragedy can actually, there's, there can actually just be a really thin line between the two. And uh, there's, there's, there's a, a style inside of comedy that is called a comedy of errors. A comedy of errors. Some of the funniest things that we've seen have actually been based on this kind of comedy. And it's based off of, you know, like some of the old things we remember, like, um, um, I'm forgetting. Hold on, let me look. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean, right? Uh, so if you've ever seen an old Mr. Bean program, he was always just kind of fumbling his way through life. He was always just kind of going through some uh, something, and he would happen on a situation, and he would do just the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it was hilarious. And then usually he'd follow up that horrible, awful, wrong thing into something else that was just the wrong decision at the wrong time, and it was hilarious. And uh, we would watch him do that. We would watch um, the Pink Panther. I don't know if, if you've ever watched some of the old Pink Panthers. There were some uh, movies that were done not too long ago, and it was, he's an inspector who goes around, and he just messes everything up as he's trying to figure out the case, and he's going through and he's just making mistake after mistake after mistake and it's hilarious because we can see it and we, and we see all the different things and we're like that is such a bad idea and yet he would do it and it was just it was it was so funny the three stooges are probably the kings of 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 uh comedy when it comes to um the 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 comedy of errors they would do all kinds of crazy stuff right so the Three Stooges were great because they would have something where, like, you would see one of them, there'd be a woman with a sweater, all right? And, and, and she'd have, like, a string hanging off her sweater. And so they'd grab it, and they would just, like, you know, for whatever reason, they're just thinking, like, oh, she's got something, let me just grab that away. And they'd start to pull on it, and then before you know it, they're, like, pulling and pulling, and the whole thing's, like, unraveling and stuff. And before you know it, like, the, the, half the sweater's gone, and, and then they're, like, oh, and then, like, the person realizes and turns and looks at them, and then they go running, you know, and then they, they take off because they're scared because they just destroyed this person's sweater. And they go running around the corner, and they bump into a cop, and the cop, like, spills coffee all over himself, and then he turns, and he's angry at them, so they go, like, Ugh, and they go running from the cop, and they go to take off. And as they're running from the cop, they bump into somebody, and they knock him over into freshly poured concrete. You know, and so then the person gets up and they got concrete all over their face. And it's just, it's one series, uh, it's a series of, of, of just bad uh, decision after bad decision after bad decision. And you're sitting there, you're like, this is so ridiculous. This could never happen in real life, but it does. And, and you just see all these different things. And it's so funny for us on the outside looking in. You could, you could be in the scenario, in the situation, if you're the cop who gets the stuff spilled on you. If you're the person who falls into the concrete, if that was a real-life scenario, you'd probably be upset. You'd probably consider it to be a tragic event in the moment. But us on the outside, we're looking in and we're thinking, this is hilarious. This is so funny because we see the string of events that all led to this happening. And we just laugh and laugh. I used to laugh so hard at some of that stuff, man. But 
Um, <laughs> you, see, you see all those poor choices and, and that, how they end badly, but it's hilarious because it's not real. It's, we're on the outside looking in and we're just like, well, it's not happening to us. It's happening to someone else. That's funny. But you can also be on the outside looking in at another situation, another series of events, another series of bad decisions, tragic mistakes, and all of a sudden, it's not very funny anymore. So some of that leads to comedy, and it's, it's just funny and hilarious. But some of it, you just see somebody making mistake after mistake after mistake, and it's just tragic. And so comedy and tragedy, there's such a small, thin line between the two. And that's... Uh, unfortunately, more in line with the scripture that we're going to take a look at today. I'm going to be continuing Pastor's uh, series here that he's been doing, and we're going to be at 1 Samuel chapter 8 today. And there's just a series of events that takes place as we look at this in, in, in the Word today. And it's just mistake after mistake after mistake, and it it's tragic because it's not fun. There's nothing funny about what takes place. Some of us will have this in our lives with family members. We, we have a, a family member who's just like the, the one in the family. Everybody has the one in the family who just always seems to be making a mistake. And you're like, why would they do that? Why would they do that? If they would just have done this other thing, it would have been so much easier for them. It would, have been so, it would go so much better for them if they would just choose this different path. Some people are laughing. I'm guessing I'm hitting close to home on some things. But it's, it's happened sometimes where, where, where inside of our families, we, just, uh, we, we see these struggles. But it's not funny to us for some of them because we just see the mistakes and we care so much for the person and we don't want them to be going in the wrong direction. That's kind of what we see here today. So again, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and I'm going to start out here in verses 1 through 9. And it says this, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second was Abiah. And they served in Beersheba, but his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old. Isn't that nice? <laughs> That's a good way to get what you want from somebody, right? Hey, you're old. Hey. All right. Anyway. Oh, it's, it gets even better here. You're old. And your sons don't follow your ways. <laughs> we don't like your kids either. You're old and we don't like your kids. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. Interesting. Interesting. Samuel was upset about something and he took it to the Lord. So that's a lesson right there. That's not our lesson for today, but it's an important one. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for your word, Lord. We're so grateful to know that you care about us and that you have given us your word here that we can look at and we can learn and we can grow closer to you and we can know the right way to go. I pray that you would be with us this morning. Help us to see what you would teach us from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there is a lot going on inside of this passage. There's, there's a ton that's happening, Samuel, and you got the, the elders all coming to him, and, and, you know, his sons aren't doing right, and all this different stuff. But there's three big mistakes that we're going to take a look at that the Israelites make here in this passage of Scripture today. And we're going to go through each one of them here, because it's things that we can learn from. It's things that we can look at and we can apply to our lives and, and our walk with the Lord uh, in, in today. So mistake number one is this. They asked for a king. They asked for a king. The problem here is that they were not just asking for a king. The issue is that they were asking for another king. These people were not helpless. This was the Israelites. They were not just some lost people wandering around with no direction. Uh, it wasn't that they had no one to lead them or show them what was right. It wasn't that they didn't have anybody setting forth the rules and, and, and explaining how things are supposed to be done. It wasn't that they had nowhere to turn to if they needed something. They had all of those things. They had a king. But they didn't like their king. They wanted a different king. God was there to lead them, but they didn't want him to lead them. They wanted someone else to be in charge. Now, this is crazy, right? Because we could sit here a couple thousand years later. We're looking at this. We're reading God's word here. And, and we're sitting here on a Sunday morning. We're like, man, that was dumb. You know, that was so silly of them to go in there. And they have God to lead them. He's their king. He's giving them direction. He's speaking to them. He's there for them. And they're saying, we don't want you. We want somebody else. Because that's really what they're doing. They're saying, God, you're in charge, but we don't like that. We want someone else to be king. Now, we can sit here, again, on the outside looking at this situation. Has any of these situations where you have a comedy of errors and you see these different things? And we could say, oh, that's so ridiculous, because it's so obvious to us today. But the problem, though, is that Christians can tend to do this as well. Now, we don't do it in the same way, right? We don't, we don't get all the, the elders of the church together and all come together and say, ah, we don't want God to be in charge of our church anymore. We want someone else. That's not the way it goes. We do it a little bit different. Many of us will come out to a church on Sunday. We hear about God's love for us. We hear about how he cares for us, how he wants to be there for us, how he wants to support, for, support us and, and take care of us and guide us and lead us and be our king and be the one who's there for us. Help us in our times of, of difficulty. We hear about all that and we love it. And we take it to heart, and, we, and, and, and we're happy, and we enjoy it, and we sing praise songs to the Lord on a Sunday morning. But then we leave here. Sunday afternoon, it gets later in the day. Pastor is done 
going on and on about whatever he's talking about today. And we, and we go out to our cars and we say while we're in the service, I want Jesus to be my king. I want to be led by the king of kings. And then we get out to our car and through our actions, we say something different. Many of us um, might leave here and we say, I want a different king. We want to be our king. We want to have our way. We want to do what we want to do. We want to go in our own direction. We don't want to follow the direction that the Lord might be trying to tell us to go in. I've sat in a church service. I've had the Lord speak to my heart before. And I've said, Lord, I... No, no, that's, that, can't, that can't be what you want me to do. But it is what the Lord wanted me to do. It took, it took some convincing for the Lord to, to convince me to be, become a pastor. It wasn't something that happened overnight. It took about a year and a half of the Lord just planting seed, backing away, letting it kind of grow a little bit. He'd come back, water it a little bit. There's about a year as it kept, you know, he kept saying, putting it in my heart, putting it in my heart. And I was like, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. It's not what I want to do. Well, you know, I'm not a pastor. And so that can happen to people as we go along. We can have situations. We can have things where we feel the Lord speaking to us on a Sunday morning and say, I don't want you to do that anymore. I don't think that's a good choice. And we say, ah, I don't know. And then we leave and we say, you know, I, I think it is a good choice. And we continue to do what we know the Lord is speaking to us not to do. We can leave church today and find ourselves tragically doing the same thing we see the Israelites doing in this passage. The only difference is we wouldn't dare say it out loud. We would never say, Jesus, I don't want you as my king. But through our actions, we can say, I don't want to listen to you. As my king. We have to be careful of that as Christians. When the Lord's moving on your heart, when he's giving you direction, when he's sharing with you, take that. Take that and go with it. It's understandable to, to have question about it. The, the reason I, 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 it took me a while to, to come to that point of, of uh, accepting that responsibility to become a pastor was not because I was trying to be disloyal to the Lord. It's because that was a big ask and I just wanted to make sure. I thought he was, like, wrong. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe I'm hearing wrong, you know. It wasn't because I was trying to say, Lord, I'm not going to do what you asked me to do. It's because I wanted to make sure it was God's will first. There's a difference between being Gideon and putting the, the sheep's wool out there just to get a sign from the Lord to make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do. And then a person who's just like, I'm not doing that and go in a different direction. Let's make sure. It's fine if you want to make sure that that's what God wants you to do. But let's not be the people who say, I don't want to listen to you, Lord. I'm going to be my king. I'm going to determine my own way. Mistake number two that we see this morning. They wanted to be like everyone else. They wanted to be like everybody else. Verse number five says, they said to him, Samuel... You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, 
such as all the other nations have. They looked around. They saw what everybody else was doing. They saw how everybody else was living, and they said, I like that. I like that. I think I like that more than what we're doing here. I want to, be, I want to do that thing like they're doing over there. Not a good way to go. In fact, this is exactly the opposite of what God wanted from the people of Israel. In the Old Testament, it talks about how he led them out of Israel. Egypt. He led them into Israel. That's what I said, as I was. Uh, he took them out of Egypt, led them through the desert, and he, de- he worked on them as they're going through the desert. Forty years are wandering around, and he said, man, you guys have some lessons you need to learn. So for 40 years, he taught them a little bit, and then he brought them into the promised land, right? And so as they're doing that, as they're going through, you, how, how many remember how they ate in the desert, Right? They had the manna. They came out in the morning, and there was food on the ground for them. And what were they supposed to do? Gather what? Just enough for that one day. Why for that one day? It would spoil. But why does God want them to only have enough for one day? Why not for the week? Trust in God. He wanted them to learn that their Dependence, their reliance, he wanted it to be on him. He wanted them to understand that a relationship with God was what would sustain them. It wasn't the manna. It wasn't the free food. It was come back to me every day because you need that. You need time with God each day. You need to be able to come and spend time with me because that's what's best for you. And he helps them and he he leads them. And he shows them the importance of that daily walk with him. He told told the people they were special. They were supposed to be set apart. They were the ones that people were going to look at. They were supposed to be the standard that all the other nations would look at and say, let's be like them. And here they are saying, we want to be like everyone else. People had a problem. They were supposed to be the standard, but they had a problem. God was their leader. Now, we think that is a good thing. We think that's an easy thing. But for them, it was a difficult thing. It's not easy, and it can be difficult to do things, um, certain things when God's leading. It's, It's difficult to do certain things. Some of the things that they had a hard time with. It's difficult to make an excuse for not listening when you're getting your word and your direction from God. It's hard to complain about the direction things are going when God's the one setting the direction. It's even harder to justify not doing things, or it's even harder to justify doing things your own way when God was the one saying, no, I want you to do it this way. It's so hard because you feel the pull of God in this direction. And you're saying, yeah, I, I, I really think I want to go this way. It's hard to do when God is the one who's leading you. Because you're pulling against God. But with a king, well, with the king, that gets a lot easier. 
Now, if the king says it, you can just say, well, he's just a man. He's just some guy. What does he know? He's no different from me. Why should I listen to him? Or better yet, I don't think he's right. We have a whole nation full of people right now who love to complain about the other guy on the other side saying, I don't think he's right. I wish my guy was in there and my guy would be right. And then the other people would be saying, no, your guy's not right. So it's easier when it's not God, when it's just some guy to be able to say, I think he's wrong. I don't have to go that way he's telling me to go because I think this way's better. And he's just some guy, so I'll go do my own thing. It's a lot harder to do when it's the Lord who's telling you that. With a king, they could be like everyone else around them, doing what they thought was right. Not having to listen to the Lord, not having to go the the right way, but just, hey, whatever I feel, I'm going to do that. And so they fell into that trap. And it's also a trap that we can fall in if we're not careful. Um, in life, a life of following Jesus, it's not always easy. Not always easy. It is always worth it. It is always worth it. But it's not always easy. And there are times when following the Lord means doing things that your friends and your neighbors aren't doing. That's hard for people. Waking up early on a Sunday morning. After that time change, that can be difficult for people sometimes. Fasting. I hate fasting. Did I ever tell you? Oh, man. I might love the Lord, but I hate fasting. It's just not something. My body does not like not eating food. You know, I like to fast other stuff. You know, it's hard for me and and things like that. But, man, not eating. Me and not eating don't get along. But we have to do it. It's a spiritual discipline. It's, it serves a purpose. There's a time for it. And, and, and it's something I've had to been, be disciplined in doing sometimes. Um, giving. There's a lot of people who want to keep all the money that they make, don't want to think about nobody else, don't want to give to anything, don't want to help anybody out. It's hard to do sometimes when you're a Christian because other people might not want to do that. Uh, last week we had... A bunch of missionaries come through here last week. Almost dozens, I, I could say. Almost dozens of missionaries <laughs> come through here last week. Uh, we had so many missionaries come through our building last weekend. And uh, great time, missions convention. And, uh, <clears throat> but these are people who have left their country, their nation, their, their family sometimes. And, and they've gone to other places to be able to share the love of Jesus with people. It's hard. It's hard. Sometimes you have to do something that nobody else is doing. Maybe sometimes just volunteering for a church cleanup day next Saturday, right? They, they, they open up the thing and say, hey, we have a thing. You know, Easter's coming, right? Easter's coming up. We want to make sure the church looks good for Easter. If somebody's coming over your house, I know one of my things, I don't know if everybody's the same way. One of my things, if I'm having people over my house, what's my thing, babe? Huh? The outside. I like to make sure everything's mowed, right? The grass, I, the grass has to, if the grass, our grass like gets too high really fast. And I always want to cut it. I shouldn't have put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, don't, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me during the service. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> I love, I, I like our grass to be short. I don't like when it starts to get all out of control. When people are coming over, one of my big things is I like to go mow like right before people come over. You know, I want it looking good and, 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 and stuff. We do that when people come to our house, right? We want it to look good. We want our house cleaned up, looking tidy and stuff like that. Easter's coming. There are going to be more people in church on Easter than any other time of the year usually. Right? And we want to make sure that our house is looking good. That God's house, I should say, is looking good. So that when people come, they can come and they can see everything and they can say, oh, what a great place to come and worship the Lord. Maybe I should start coming instead of coming every once in a while. Right? We want to provide opportunity for people to be able to come and serve the Lord. But that means, hey, maybe some of us have to be a little uncomfortable on a Saturday morning and come and do some cleanup. And we're not, we're not changing the whole world out front. We're putting some mulch down and some different things. It's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, but if, if sometimes, hey, volunteering and coming out and do that is difficult. But serving the Lord can also mean not doing things that everyone else is doing. No lying, no stealing, keep, keeping yourself pure, no drunkenness. These are some of the things that we give up in order to follow the Lord. And they can be tough to do sometimes, especially when we see everybody else doing them. It's hard not to do certain things when everybody all around us, our friends and everyone, are all engaging in certain activities and doing certain things. It can be hard for us to say, you know what? I'm going to put my flag in the ground and say, I'm not doing that. Sometimes it's just easier to go along with what the crowd is doing. But that's not what we're supposed to do as followers of the Lord. Sometimes a good Christian follower of Jesus will find themselves thinking that it might be easier to just be like everyone else. But in those moments, what you're doing is you're failing to remember all that God has done for you. All the blessings that come out of serving the Lord also. We think about the temporary pleasure of that sinful act that people are engaged in. And we think, well, man, I'm missing out on something. No, you're not. You've gained so much more. We have people in here uh, who I, I think Miss Alfreda, you've, you're probably the one I know who's been serving the Lord the most. Would you say it's been worth it serving the Lord all this, all this time? How long have you been serving the Lord? What is it? It works to serve the Lord. All right. She's been serving the Lord for, for decades, decades. And the Lord has always been there for her and taking care of her. It's incredible. It's incredible. We, but we forget those things sometimes. Please realize that the things your friends are doing are not all they're cracked up to be either. Um, for every sinful pleasure that they indulge in, there is a painful flip side that you probably never wind up seeing. There, there's, there's a side of it that you don't realize is there. And what's worse is uh, when, when your friend goes through that hardship that's on the other side, the flip side of that thing, they're going through it alone. They don't have the joy of the Lord. They don't have God and his Holy Spirit coming alongside to help them through a difficult time. Pastor's away today. Pastor's away because his brother passed away. Now, pastor's mom, Miss Nancy, is the sweetest woman, like, in the whole wide world. She's just incredible. Like, I go down sometimes, pastor does his, uh, 
online service down, downstairs. I'll go down there on Sunday morning just to check in with them. Hey, is there anything you need? Is there anything you need to set up before you get on your, your service there and you're doing your stuff? Is there anything you need me to make sure it gets taken care of? And uh, so sometimes he, he, he brings his mom up. He's got one of those little Alexa things. And so she watches him on that. Uh, instead of just being on Facebook online, she can't figure that out or whatever, I guess. So he got her this little Alexa thing. He calls into her so she can watch him preach every Sunday. And it's so cute. He'll get on there with her and he'll talk to her for a couple minutes before he starts the service. And if I'm down there, he'll say, oh, Pastor Joe's here. She's like, hi, Pastor Joe. And, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'll wave to her. And just the sweetest lady ever. No mother should ever have to face the death of their child. And that poor sweet lady is going through that um, over these past couple months. They, 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 and the service was this weekend, but I think he, he died a, a little while ago here. So she's been, she's been going through that difficulty. That's a tragic thing. It's a tragic thing. But you know what? The Lord's with her. She was just as sweet last week as she's ever been because she had the Lord in her heart with her, guiding her through her time of tragedy and her time of difficulty. Your, your, your friends who are on the outside and they're, they're doing all those things that look like they might be a little bit of fun, they're going through some difficult times as well, and they're doing it on their own. They don't have that, that, that blessing of knowing that there's another life, that there's another thing, that there's a God there who loves them and cares about them. Let's make sure that, you know, we're not trying to be like everybody else because they don't have it so good. And then mistake number three, our last thing here. They ignored God's warning. This is probably the dumbest thing of this whole thing, right? This whole passage, all the stupid mistakes that they made. This is the worst one, I think. First uh, Samuel chapter 8, verse 10 through 11 says this, Samuel told the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. And then he goes through this whole laundry list of stuff that the king is going to demand of them. He's going to take your sons and daughters. They're going to have to serve in the military. They're going to have to fight his battles. He's going to take part of your crops for his food. He's going to force some of your, your children to serve him and to take care of his cattle and all the other stuff. He's going to take money from you. There's going to be taxes. How many want to sign up on board for some additional taxes today? Right? But the, he, he tells the people, the king is going to take money from you guys because he needs to support his king lifestyle that he's going to have. Spells it all out for him. And then he says this down in verse number 18. He says, when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king or from the king you have chosen. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people, this is the worst, this is the worst. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said. We want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go before us and to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people had said, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. 
These people were so set in their own ways that they were completely ignoring God's warning. Samuel told them all that the king would do to them. And it wasn't, and it, the stuff that he was telling them was terrible stuff. God wanted to make sure that they had every opportunity to know what was right and to do what was right. Our God is so loving and he's so patient with us. He says, guess what? I'm not going to let you just make a, a terrible choice without giving you all the consequences, without laying it all out there for you. And he, he showed it all to them. He said, this is what's going to happen. You're asking for this. Do you really want it? And they said, yes, we want it anyway. He tells them that they can have the king, but that he isn't going to come to the rescue from the king that they choose. Said, so, all right, I'll give you what you want, but don't expect me to come riding in to save you. You want it. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. You keep saying you want it anyway, that's fine. I'll let you have what you want. But, but don't come to me when he's overtaxing you, when he's turning you into slaves, basically, and doing all that for you. They're going to face the consequences on their own. But surprise, surprise, the people refuse to listen. They make their choice. They don't want to be led by the king of kings. They would rather be led by some guy. They wanted to just be like everyone else with some guy in charge. They would rather be slaves to a king than a follower of the king. And that is a tragedy. That's a tragedy. I want you to know something this morning. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you so much. The Lord does not want your life to be a tragedy. He wants you to be blessed and he wants you to have a good life. He understands that there may be times where your life is going to look a little bit more like a comedy uh, because of some of the silly choices that we tend to make. But it should never look like a tragedy. Don't follow in the ways of the Israelites we read about today. Let Jesus be your king. Let him be the one who leads you. Don't try to be like everyone else. God created each one of us to be unique. Each one of us is special in the eyes of God. Be the person that God wants you to be. And please, if you don't remember anything else about this morning... If you don't remember anything else I tell you, remember this. Please remember to listen to God's warnings. He knows what is best and he wants to help you. Listen to God when he tries to lead you. As I prepare to close this morning, I believe that the Lord would remind us that he can take even the most tragic life, the most tragic life, and turn it into a beautiful story of restoration and blessing. If you are here today and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, you could do it right now. You could do it right now. And Jesus will come in and he'll help turn your life around and he'll help you to start moving in the right direction. And you won't be alone on the journey. He will guide you. He will shepherd you. He will lead you along the way. 
God wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants to see you the right, he wants to show you the right way to go. If you've never accepted the Lord in your heart today, just take a moment and you're just as you're sitting there this morning and say, Lord, just to yourself, pray, Lord, please come in and reveal yourself to me. I want to live for you and I want to serve you and I ask for forgiveness. Please give me direction and help me to know what I should be doing. And the Lord will come in and meet with you today. If you have already been serving the Lord for a long time, my prayer for you is that you would not decide to go your own way. Be led by the King, the King of Kings. He knows, and He won't lead you wrong. He'll guide you in the right way. Continue to follow Him and serve Him. Won't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we're here this morning because we love you. We love you, Lord. And I just pray for each person who's here today. I pray that they would... I pray that you would show them, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit come and move on them at this moment. And show them that you're real that you love them, and that you want to lead them. Speak into hearts this morning, Lord. And help those who are struggling. Bring them out of the struggle. Guide them through. Give them comfort in this time. And God, help them to see the way forward. But I pray that everyone who's here today would not jump out of the boat, Lord. That they would stay that they would serve you, that they would trust in you. Because if they want to do it themselves, or if they want someone else to lead them, it's only going to lead to tragedy, Lord. Be with your people today, I pray. Help us to know the right way to go. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.